You see the creatures too, like the squirrels are preparing mm-hmm. for winter, even though they don't experience. They don't know what a real winter is. <laughs> if they knew those those North Shore Illinois squirrels, how hard they work. This is Heart of the Story, and I'm Nadine Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi, friends. I have one of your favorite guests on the show with me. (laughs) He's rolling his eyes. My love, Jamie Johnstone, is joining us today, and we're going to talk about what it's been like for him and for us as a family moving to Florida. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Basically, I was like, so you want to come on my podcast? I I sprung this on him like a half an hour ago. (laughs) I was like... You mean 10 minutes ago? Like 10 minutes ago. And he was like, what am I talking about? (laughs) But I really wanted to have you on and talk about how it has been for us as a family and for you, you know, coming here. So let's start off by just getting people acquainted with it's mid-October. So we've been here for two and a half months already. Mm. I can't believe it. It was. I know. We arrived at the end of July. So uh, let's go back to the start. When we were planning on coming here, what were your hopes, dreams, expectations for what it might be like? I think uh, expectations, I was trying to not have too many of those. Our previous plan moved to South Carolina. I had done probably what most people would do about a move. And, you know, not only is it scary, but trying to visualize what life would be like. And I had a lot of expectations and thoughts. And I had this wonderful perfect picture life envisioned there and you know as things happen we know that didn't work out so this time this this go around I was a little more guarded Um, when it comes to that I was trying not to have expectations and put too many pressures on it because it was already it's already enough pressure just moving uprooting the whole family and moving across the country is a scary thing so uh, it was kind of weird this time for me I really moving up to it I was not thinking too much about it. I spent most of my time planning the move and coordinating all the logistics of the move and getting immersed in that and kind of going through the motions. But at the same time, you know, part of you does wonder what will it be like for us to live through a winter, quotes, that is not gray and cold for so long and not see snow. Like it's a guarantee we won't see snow and What's geo school going to be like? What's my upcoming chef business going to be like? You know, trying to start a business in a market where I don't know anybody. And what will our daily life be like? And so it was just, you know, there was some wonder there. But I guess I thought about what could it be like, but not this is what I think it will be like, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I was trying to really not put any expectations on it for fear of <laughs> it not being at all what I thought. Mm-hmm. So. 
just kind of being open to it and waiting to see how things panned out. It was weird to feel that way, but I think it was just a defense mechanism because, um, again, I had put a lot of thought into the last one and really had envisioned things, and it just didn't work out. So I think I was worried of that happening this time around. Yeah. I think both of us were really a bit numb and trying not to attach too much this time around with having a super clear vision expectation of exactly what it would be like because I think we were both afraid of (laughs) it not going according to plan or not working out at all. So yeah, you were really busy at the end of, well, spring and summer packing up, coordinating the move, the movers, the pod, all of that. And it's almost like we didn't allow ourselves too much space to have this specific vision of exactly how it would be. Yeah, probably because also a lot of stuff happened, like what you just said, that kind of reminded me that leading up to it, it was a little busy. We had planned, once Gio got out of school, to you know, head up north to Door County and spend the summer there. And so there was a period of adjustment in that sense too, where leading up to the end of geo school year, I started packing and coordinating and boxing and just doing a lot of that stuff. And then we went up to Door County and we were there for about a week and kind of got to kick back and relax for about a week. And then we came back for your sister's wedding for a weekend. And then we went back up there and then we kind of adjusted to just daily life in Door County. It wasn't a summer long vacation. It was just living somewhere else for the summer, which was great. But there was the whole routine we had to develop there and kind of change things. You know, Geo got on a schedule with summer camp and we got on a schedule with how work was happening during the day and what you were doing and what I was doing and just kind of getting used to a life up there for about six weeks and then suddenly had to once again go back to to Illinois and finish up the boxing up. We had a week to finish up what I hadn't finished. Luckily, I think I got most of it done before we left, but that one week was the real push to have the the three pod containers delivered to the house and boxing those up and coordinating the movers to pack everything that I couldn't physically get in there and and then also coordinate our actual move down here. So that, it was a busy summer. It went by fast. So there wasn't a lot of time to even really sit there and think about it, which is probably a good thing. Because <laughs> otherwise, we probably both would have been just sitting there panicking, going, oh, my God, what are we doing? What's How's this going to play out? How's this going to happen? How's geo school going to be? What's it going to be like? Da-da-da-da-da. So yeah. uh, it was good that we were busy. Yeah. To it. I think what we did know was that Ideally, we would like to spend the school year in Florida and then the summers in Door County because we love Door County, Wisconsin, and it will allow us to also, you know, have some visits with my family, but it's a place we really, really love. And, and honestly, we'd love to be in Door County, Wisconsin all year round if it weren't for those darn winners. (laughs) Um, so we had this loose plan of what we wanted to do. And then we found a rental house in late spring. We found a Florida rental house in the area that we wanted to be in. And so it was just like, okay, we signed that lease and, 
it was fingers crossed and then we figured out what school he would be in and we're happy that it was highly rated and we basically had like school check temporary house check (laughs) general area check and then we were off so when we arrived what were the things that you noticed? What were the things that you liked and enjoyed? And what were the things that were new or different or scary? I think probably the biggest thing for me and maybe for us was that we had spent a good amount of time in this area. You know, I know there's some people that move and especially during the pandemic, people were buying houses sight unseen and and just moving up and moving to these places. So at least we knew the area. We hadn't We didn't know this house, we didn't know this street, we didn't know this neighborhood, but we did know the general area pretty well. So coming in, it was familiar, which was nice. You're rolling into a familiar territory where you've spent time and you have happy memories of. It was a relief to pull up to the house. You know, we'd only seen it in photos and the FaceTime video with the realtor that graciously video chatted with us and walked through it for us and showed it to us as best she could, but it was nice to pull up and see it in person it was definitely a welcoming cozy little cottage to pull up to and that was a relief and then as I remember we basically pulled up we all got out and walked in the front door and walked around the house and the inside was just as welcoming as the outside was we were very happy because again we had never set foot in this place before so we didn't really know what we were getting into and it's a lot smaller than previous houses we've lived in and which is fine we're realizing that it's not a problem but it was nice to walk in and just have it feel good And then, you know, we get to take that five-minute walk down to the beach, and we walked down to the beach, and the beach was beautiful. The sun was setting right around the time we got there, so it was a nice welcome to the area. You know, and then we came back and dealt with some unpacking and stuff, but I felt relieved when we got here and that things seemed, the first impressions were good of -hmm. the home, the neighborhood. The neighborhood is nice, it's quiet, and it's... You know, knowing there's also a couple kids down the street that Gio has become friends with, that was nice. We knew there were two young boys his age down the street. And and then as time went on, you know, we spent that next week unpacking and getting him enrolled in school and touring his school. And it was uh, a relief to get to his school. And we knew it was rated well, but we had never been there. So it was nice to walk through the school and feel welcome there. Gio seemed to feel good about it. So things kind of started falling into place from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. And what do you like about the area and living somewhere warm? Well, I'm still getting used to it because it's, you know, I didn't like the warmth when we first got here. (laughs) We moved here in August, you know, the beginning of August, which is some of the hottest months here. The humidity is pretty bad. Uh I don't, I don't fare well with humidity, as you know. (laughs) I've grown to notice what's nice now is the humidity has subsided and, um, I can do just fine in high 80s and low 90 temperatures when there's not humidity. Humidity is what really gets me. (laughs) So those first four to six weeks were pretty sweaty weeks. It was hot every day, crazy (laughs) humid. You step out of the house, you just start sweating. But, um, you know, we acclimated. I think we all acclimated. You actually started sweating for the first time since I've known you. um, I'm not a big sweater, and so, I I mean, like, I I enjoy being active, but for whatever reason, my body doesn't sweat that much, and so, yeah, when we first moved here, I mean, I was sweating buckets. I I had never sweat so much in my life. I went to a yoga class, a hot yoga class, and I wobbled out of that class, had to sit down, had to drink a 
glass of water with liquid IV in it. And I was, I was a bit nervous that I might pass out. I mean, I had never been so sweaty in all my life. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. That was pretty well. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, it's an interesting area. There's always, you know, we live in an area that's a mixture of full-time residents and then vacation homes, homes that are rental properties. So our neighbors, especially to one side, we see new people, a new family comes in every Saturday and the existing people leave Saturday morning and then you see the cleaning car pull up and clean the house and then a new family pulls in a couple hours later and it's kind of neat in that sense. I mean, sometimes it makes me jealous because everybody around us is on vacation when they come, but <laughs> it's cool. It keeps things interesting. There's always, you know, new faces in the in the neighborhood, and we were a little concerned about that. We didn't know what that would be like living in a vacation area, if it would be too transient and if it would be party central, like loud when we didn't want it to be. But I think the good thing about our neighborhood is the people that come here on vacation, they're fairly quiet. You know, they, I mean, they're enjoying themselves. We don't expect people to not enjoy themselves, but you know, we were worried that, you know, what kind of different neighbors will you end up with week to week? Yeah. We were afraid of like spring break type, but most of the people who rent around here are families. Yeah. It's families. It's not that. Yeah. That's one thing I was worried about. Are we going to have, you know, a bunch of uh, college fraternity parties going on next door and spring break and everything. But it's been nice. The neighborhood's quiet and, you know, it's peaceful. It's a very nice neighborhood as far as there's a lot of mature trees around the house and lots of birds and wildlife. I like when we get to spend the mornings out having coffee on the porch and listening to the birds and sitting amongst all these trees. There's this big canopy of trees over the house. Unfortunately, we've set a high bar for a house that we have to buy because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this house has a lot of what we like and um as we know it's not an option to buy it it's just a rental so we have to leave it in about four months so we've set the bar high yeah now well, and we live close to the beach it's a five minute walk and you're standing in front of the ocean which is pretty cool yeah. and the bike path close by i mean it, it has a lot to offer yeah i think uh, the things that we like a lot is that we're so close to the water so we can just go walk and catch the sunset, go for a quick beach walk. Um, as Jamie mentioned, you know, just the, the home is surrounded by these beautiful oak trees and magnolia trees and the area itself is very active, you know, so people are, there's the one long bike path that uh, connects the entire 30A area. And it's, I think 17 or so miles long. And so you can get on that path and just bike for hours if you want to, and you can go from town to town to town. And there are farmers markets all the time on the weekends. There is live music every night of the week. There is outdoor eating everywhere. It's a very outdoorsy, active kind of community, I would say. Yeah. And that's something that we really wanted and appreciate. So last weekend, we took our bikes. We went to the Rosemary Beach Farmer's Market. We go usually on the weekend. On Saturday night, we go out to eat somewhere and we sit outside and there's always somebody playing live music. We're on a co-ed kickball team. It's just silly and fun. You know, it's just very 
I don't know, lively. It's a very lively environment. And you're right, you always see people on vacation. And so it kind of reminds you to step away from the computer every now and again to just get outside and, and do stuff. Yeah, and there's another cool part that I love is there's golf carts everywhere. Everybody <laughs> everybody uses golf carts around here, which is great. All the houses have golf carts. So if you're going to a, a trip within a certain mile radius, most people choose golf carts instead of their cars. So we pull up to the grocery store, there's golf carts parked in the parking lot. And, you know, there's golf carts at all the beach uh, accesses. And um, it's just fun to see that. It makes it more fun. It's a, it's a different lifestyle for sure. And it was nice, too, that when we got here, we realized there's so many other families in our same situation. We don't know how many for sure, but we've we've met at least probably close to 15 to 20 other families that have relocated here just recently like us. So there were a lot of other people that uprooted their life and left for the same reasons we did, just looking for, you know, to see what life is like without harsh winter. You know, we've met other people from Chicago and people from Indiana and Ohio and I mean all over the place, but there's a lot of other families at Geo school that literally have arrived around the same time we did, or they've only been here for four to six months. And so that was nice too. It's just nice that we've made some friends and met other families that are in our same situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a few months back, I had an episode on heart of the story where I read an essay about when we went to Wrightsville Beach in North Carolina a couple of years ago, which was, in my mind, kind of the pivotal turn for us of when we really started thinking about living a different life, because that was one of the first times that we got to stay for an extended time near a beach. Mm -hmm. And we also got to for the first time in our 17 years together almost we got to sit and have coffee regularly together on the porch yeah we were both so so busy working multiple jobs always at an office and then scrambling to have family time and in our free time and then taking care of the house and everything and we didn't have really flexible jobs and so when we went to Wrightsville Beach during the pandemic and rented a little beach cottage, it was the first time we got to sit and have coffee in the mornings. And we kept just like sitting there going, we need to do more of this. We need to figure out a way that we can live life where we can have a bit more flexibility and get off the hamster wheel. And now most mornings during the week, we sit out on the porch and we eat breakfast together. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite things yeah. is to sit out there with you, look at the Cardinals and the Blue Jays and the hummingbirds and watch the geckos scurry around and the squirrels and look at all the plants and just ease into the morning. And sometimes we're out there for half an hour and sometimes we're out there for two hours, you know, just yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that too. I really cherish that. Cause like you said, we didn't never had that before. It was always the hustle of, you know, wake up and then, either exercise before work or after work, get out the door, drive in traffic, get to the office. And then most days I was leaving the house at seven in the morning and I wasn't getting home until six or six thirty at night. And it's just makes it hard because you get home, then you got to worry about dinner and getting geo squared away and get him ready for bed. And then just getting his lunch ready for the next day. And just as many people know, many people live that way. Many people understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but we just realized that we wanted something different and we we worked toward it now here we are so it's definitely uh it definitely changes your perspective on life for sure when mm-hmm. you have time like that you're not stuck in that rat race every day yeah it's not a place i ever want to be ever again yeah that's become really clear over the last couple of years we talk a lot almost every day about I guess what would be called intentional living about how do we actually want to live our lives. And we talk a lot about having fulfilling careers that we love doing and also making flexible time so that we can be with each other. The last couple of years, we've had the most together time as a family that we've ever had. And that's, key to us because we see how quickly it goes by with Gio. I mean, every day we talk about how fast time goes by and how quickly he's growing up and we don't want to miss any of it. It's a limited window of time that you don't get back. And so speaking of fulfilling careers, so the listeners know what I do, what I love, and they also know that you're the amazing chef that caters our retreats. Amazing. Wow. Yes. And, um, you're also doing some other stuff here. So tell us more about what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, a part-time thing is some recruiting. I joined a company, uh, doing some recruiting for the disaster restoration industry for property restoration, which you have a, a what 10 year background in, I think. Yeah. 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 I have a background in construction and property restoration, insurance restoration. So it's kind of nice that I'm, I mean, it's new to me and I'm still getting my feet wet on, on the recruiting side, but makes me feel good basically to be able to help people find their ideal career within that industry. It's an industry that I know well. There are lots of things happen to properties every day, not always just storm related for all kinds of reasons. You did see people in in despair sometimes that have possibly lost everything and they've been uprooted and um but you get to, you did get to come in as the what you felt like the hero. You know, when you showed up they were happy to see you, you were there to help and that was fulfilling. So now it's kind of nice to have that experience and know the job and know the business and know the industry and be able to help people that are looking to transition into that industry or looking for a different role or a different position. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I enjoy that. I think it was always amazing watching you when you were operations manager um, for a company in Massachusetts. You know, you you really were such a huge help to so many families. So your company would go in and assure the homeowners, like, I know that there's so much damage here, but we'll get you back to where you were before. And your company would go in and basically restore, rebuild, and get their homes back to where they were before the storm or the fire or the flood. And you did such amazing work. And so to still kind of be involved in that and help get people in that industry, it's helpful, especially we see with Hurricane Ian right now, all of the yeah. all of the homes and the families who feel like everything is in disarray to have crews that can go in and and get the homes back to where they were. Yeah. It's a really rewarding thing. It is a very rewarding industry. It's very taxing. Mm -hmm. So you really have to love helping people and love what you do to be in that industry. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is nice to be dealing with those people on the different side. You know, I'm not the one 
I'm not boots on the ground in that stuff anymore, but it's nice to be talking to people and finding out what their dreams are, what their dream position is and what they aspire to be within that industry. And then it's, you know, my job to help find a client company that's looking for that type of a person. So I get to match people up with companies that have needs. So that's fulfilling. Again, it's new. It'll be nice when I have a couple dozen people under my belt that I've placed in new jobs. But so far, it's it's interesting. It's nice to just talk to people and be able to say, I want to help you find your ideal position. Because hmm. I know how that feels. Yeah. So, yes. And then the big thing that you're doing here is Chef at Home. Yeah, Chef at Home. Um, it's been a long time coming. It's another one of my passions is cooking and cooking for people. I really enjoy doing that. And um, I got a lot of fulfillment from that. Personally, after leaving the restaurant industry, it was I've always enjoyed cooking for friends and family, whether it be parties or get-togethers, football games, cookouts. But most importantly, for my immediate family, for you and Gio, I get... I really enjoy that. That's it's a passion of mine, and it brings me a lot of joy to be able to cook for you guys every day. But that passion never left. It's always been there. So having recently come up with this idea of starting Chef at Home, which is a private chef service for both locals and vacationers, the concept is that I can offer private chef services and meal prep services in two different areas, one being the 30A area where we live now. It'll be kind of like a seasonal business. It'll be in uh, Florida on 30A from roughly August through May, and then end of May, early June through end of July in Door County, Wisconsin. So um, offering those services to people that are probably, I think the majority of my clientele would be people that are on vacation, but this also applies to locals as well. So they can either go onto my website and order food delivery service, which is pre-prepared meals that are prepared and ready to heat. And they can be dropped off for people on arrival day. We can coordinate it so that the day they arrive at their vacation home, I can have whatever dinner they've selected prepped and ready in the fridge for them, along with another service that would be, I totally don't know what to call it yet, but it's like stocking their refrigerator basically for just essentials. The idea is that people plan these vacations and they spend so much money on these vacation homes and you spend a day of travel to get to the vacation home. You know, when your vacation starts, you spend one whole day is, you know, packing the car or getting on the plane or driving there, whatever it may be, and you arrive and now you're at this wonderful house and now you're like, okay, so now what are we going to do for dinner tonight? And depending on when the people arrive, you could arrive in the early afternoon, you could arrive 10 o'clock at night. Now you're in a house that does not have any food, which everybody needs food. <laughs> Everybody's hungry, especially at night when you've traveled all day and possibly the next morning. So people are faced with planning meals, planning shopping, having to find a local store and go shopping and stock their kitchen for the you know minimum most people spend a week. So you're going to need all your groceries for the week and plan out meals. And you may, you know, eat out here and there. And you may be fortunate that you're a family that eats out every meal while they're on vacation. But then you spend a ton of money and you spend a bunch of time with reservations and waiting in lines and crowded restaurants. And so Chef at Home, the concept is to alleviate that pressure for at least the first 24 to 48 hours after you arrive. You can have pre-prepared dinner you can have breakfast ready for the next morning that just has to be put in the oven to heat up and you can have your essentials of 
coffee and creamer and sugar and drinks for the kids and beer and wine for the adults. And so the idea is arrive at your home, your fridge is stocked to get you started for your first day, day and a half, and you can just sit and enjoy this wonderful home that you've planned on, did all the research on renting and spending all the money on. And at the same time, they can also order services where I come to the home, to the vacation home or their actual home, and uh, prepare meals for them. They can be customized meals or predetermined menus and, um, you know, cook it fresh at the home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because we notice that when we have traveled uh, not in the camper that we arrive somewhere and the very first thing is like you're tired and you're hungry. Yeah, yeah you're exhausted <laughs> now, from a day of travel. And now you have to either go to the grocery store or you have to wait in line at a restaurant. And around here, you either have to make reservations months in advance or the places that don't take reservations, you have to wait in line for a couple hours. I mean, yeah. the restaurants here are busy. Yeah. And so... In both places, in Door County as well. Oh, same, it's, yeah. It's not easy to get reservations or... In the summer in Door yeah. County. So you're kind of solving a problem for people and also creating a special atmosphere or environment like for our anniversary we were thinking about what do we want to do and you realize that when people have a special occasion or family reunion to have a chef that will come to the house and cook a meal for them on site is a really special way to celebrate so um we kind of talked about all the things that we wish we had and you created a catering service that does that essentially yeah I'm just trying to think of how nice it would have been on some of the vacations we've been on to, you know, especially when, we're, when you arrive around seven or eight o'clock, it's past dinner time. So your options are to grab some crummy fast food that will <laughs> fill your stomach and then you feel like not so wonderful after. <laughs> but if, you know, to imagine, my vision is to imagine how happy you'll be when you've arranged that service and you arrive at your home and you unpack the car and you get the kids settled and now you want to kick back and have a glass of wine and relax and actually enjoy this house. Yeah. You know, this will allow people to arrive and kick back, get unpacked, make a drink, put your feet up, throw dinner in the oven, let it heat up. Yeah. And then just sit family style and eat around the table in the house. And yeah. so that to me seems like a wonderful thing to be able to have available to you as a vacationer. And then even better, you know, you enjoy your night and you get a good night's sleep and you wake up the next morning, you've got coffee You've got drinks for the kids. You've got breakfast sitting in the fridge. You can just put it in the oven and heat it up and enjoy breakfast at the house before now you decide to go out and do your first adventure of your vacation. Because to me, it sounds like I'm like, why wouldn't people want that? Yeah. Um, Well, and we have a retreat in December that you will be again cooking for. All the women enjoyed our last retreat in Dora County and our retreats before that. And this will be no different because you always use local fresh ingredients. And we're really excited to try different things. Like in Dora County, we usually use like Wasita Farms and then Kickash Coffee. And so here you're making connections with local vendors and trying to think about how you want to use seafood and then for dessert maybe working with someone here who does key lime pies you know each place you through the food are offering even more of a slice of the culture and and the place and the flavors yes that's a big part of the concept is sustainable ingredients and local ingredients so people can come and my menus are 
planned around the local food and the food is sourced locally. So whenever possible, that's definitely a big part of it. And yes, the retreats, I always look forward to the retreats. We've had great, great feedback from every single retreat that we've ever done. People really seem to enjoy it. They feel, they feel pampered. They, they enjoy your workshops. They enjoy the food. It's nice where they, it's kind of like the concept of what chef at home is, is where people show up to the house and they're just taken care of and that's yeah. a lot of the feedback that we get that people really enjoy feeling taken care of because yeah. not many people have that opportunity you're in the rat race of life and you and you get really overwhelmed by that and you don't realize you're spending every day trying to get your work done and provide for your family and plan shopping and plan meals for the week and keep the house tidy and everything that goes along with that so coming to a retreat where they're just nurtured and pampered we we, you know we can tell that people really really enjoy it so i always look forward to our retreats yeah that's fulfilling for both of us i think we both like to like to pamper people in our different aspects but um yeah it's a lot of fun well yeah i think more and more when we are thinking about intentionally living our lives we want to help foster that in other people about not just rushing through life but enjoying meals, enjoying time with other people, enjoying a place. And that's what the retreat can offer for sure. Yeah, more time to live in the moment. Yes. For sure. Yes. Sit back and just actually notice what's going on around you. It's really nice. Why I love sitting on the porch in the morning so much because how often do you get to just sit and take in what's happening around you? Just the trees and the birds and the wind blowing and there's so many things that people just neglect and take for granted every day and and when you start to stop and take time to just appreciate small things like that that are happening around you every day it's 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 pretty cool yeah and there's something about being in a new place that helps you see all the little things that maybe other people who have been here for a while don't notice anymore we're, yeah. we're like new creatures in this place where first when we moved here, it rained every afternoon, right? That was something new to get used to. We would go, oh, there's our afternoon rainstorm. And then the sun would come out an hour later. And then around mid-September, it's just like one day the afternoon storms just stopped. And yeah. then it didn't rain again. Yeah, we haven't seen rain since beginning of it's been like a month since it's rained yeah and then the humidity went away yep. and then a couple weeks ago towards the end of september it was cool enough in the mornings and evenings that we finally got to open all the windows turn off the ac open the back doors that let in air from the screened in porch and that's been a game changer because yeah. we hate being cooped up in the ac so it just feels like indoor outdoor living all the time because we have all the doors and windows open the breeze is blowing and and you notice too around this time even though fall looks different in florida than say in the midwest or the northeast you don't see the changing leaves you still feel it in the air and the water is a lot calmer typically this time of year so i notice that when i go out to the beach like the water is a lot glassier nowadays yep And you see the creatures, too. Like, the squirrels are preparing Mm -hmm. for winter, even though they don't experience... They don't know what a real winter is. (laughs) If they knew those those North Shore Illinois squirrels, how hard they work. Our our squirrels in Illinois, our neighbor back there used to call them next-level squirrels because these squirrels, first of all, they were healthy squirrels. They 
packed on their winter um, coverage, so to speak, by just eating the entire fall. They would raid the neighbor's garbage, remember? There were just pizza slices yeah, everywhere. Every you could see the squirrels <laughs> running through the trees with a pizza crust in their mouth or a, or a ranch container. Whatever they could find. You know, orange peels, banana peels, eggshells on the ground or on the... They, yeah. they got ready, those Illinois squirrels. Here, the squirrels are interesting. They're definitely... They're very svelte. They're very svelte. They're but, very lean squirrels, But they're, they're still prepping. We noticed yeah, them yeah. the last they're couple really weeks. They're really crazy with the acorns. Yeah, yeah, they're going nuts with the acorns. So they know that fall is upon us, um, too. So That is cool. That's, that's cool when you actually sit back and notice the animals and notice the patterns, because we mentioned that last week. If you pay attention to wildlife... They know. They know when something's coming well before we do. Like, yeah. they just, we didn't realize it until we were in it, and, and all of a sudden they're just all so busy and rummaging around, grabbing acorns and very frantically gathering them off the ground and the birds, and you started to see, you know, less and less lizards. Yes. And then the birds were a little more active, and then different types of birds rolling in, and less of the hummingbirds, and... The dragonflies are nuts this time of yeah, year. Yeah, you just don't realize that the animals know. The, the wildlife knows there's a change of season coming or when there's a storm coming. Like before, you know, we didn't really get the effects of Ian. We just had some wind. But if you recall that the couple days before Ian, before the wind started here, it got really quiet. It's like all the animals hunkered down yes, and just were not out and about. They weren't out actively, you know, mm-hmm. foraging around as they usually are. It just got really quiet, and then all of a sudden the wind rolled in, and it was windy here for like a day and a half. But, yeah, with the seasons, too, they just know. They start prepping and preparing. It's so interesting. And and that was another thing. We feel really, really fortunate that we didn't feel any of the effects of the hurricane. But it was our first time as a family living in an area. I mean, on the East Coast, you you guys had hurricanes too, but like oh, living... Oh, we had like one hurricane yeah. in my entire life. But. So, but living in an area that is more prone to hurricanes, you know, that was a new thing for us. And you yeah. were following the radars, you were following the weather people, you were following a lot of things. And I would just go, okay, tell me what I need to know. <laughs> and um, we did a few things. We got some water. We were figuring out what in the freezer, to move around or the fridge like we were starting to do a little bit of what will we do getting more gas in the car just everything to kind yeah. of start thinking yeah. um and we knew that if something were to happen we would kind of board things up here and drive to your parents in north carolina yeah. so that was our plan but it was the first time we've had to kind of prep for something like that it was a little it was a little scary, but one of the things that was helpful was the news person you were following that kind of was going to basically alert you if and when it would be time to evacuate. Yeah, that's the crazy part that I didn't realize because we're not from Florida, but of course, living up north, you hear about hurricanes down south, you hear about them all the time, but now being local and being concerned about it, I started following certain meteorologists and following certain radars and things like that because what I did not know, I always thought that they predict hurricanes and they know where they're coming long in advance. Because I remember as a kid, the one hurricane, or I should say significant, where I'm from in the Northeast, you got 
nor'easters or nor'eastas. <laughs> those are just basically heavy storms that would roll in, and um, we were used to those. But hurricanes, I remember one, and I, I was probably around Geo's age, and we got a notice like two days before we got a notice in school. They passed out to every kid that basically said, we're expecting a storm, so school's going to be canceled for the next couple of days. So, you know, they did it in such a way to not panic the kids, but I remember that was it. And we went home, and we didn't have school for a couple of days, and my grandmother came down. My grandmother lived alone on the North Shore of Boston, so she drove down to our house and stayed with us, and we just sat in the house and played board games, and it got windy, and some tree limbs fell down, and, I mean, that was about it. Mm-hmm. But um, being down here... What I didn't realize as I was following very closely is they run models. They call them spaghetti models. And the spaghetti models are basically all these different model lines that show what they predict the track of the storm will be. And they were doing that well over a week before the storm actually made landfall. But the crazy thing is that they run these models, these different models, and they must use different analytics and different data, but they would all come out with different scenarios. And they showed several scenarios of it landing and hitting Tampa. It really looked like it was going to hit Tampa. But there were a couple that strayed out west and showed them coming up into our area. And then what happened is as you get closer and closer, within a couple days, two or three of the major most followed models started to kind of agree with each other and show Mm -hmm. being in the same space. But most importantly, what I didn't know is it can be literally last minute. The storm can change. Mm -hmm. So when they track it and say it's going to hit here, it's not really by any means a guarantee because they can just turn west or east and everything changes so and that happened with ian ian was a hundred year storm ian was expected to land in tampa and it made just after it went over cuba it made a slight turn toward the east that actually made it make landfall south of tampa so it ended up hitting fort myers and it hit fort myers really really hard and a lot of areas around there were absolutely devastated. Just, you know, we've yeah. seen photos of buildings wiped out, and we saw video of people that didn't evacuate and stayed in their homes, and there was water up to their windows. Yeah. Just craziness and devastation. But um, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize how things can change. So, yeah. yes, as I was watching it, it did bring on that slight level of panic, and I started, you know, a little bit of the prepper side started coming out. Um, but at least we had a plan. We knew that you still have pretty good notice, which is good. It's not like it just suddenly, yeah. you know, they knew within about 24 hours that it was going to land more south in Tampa. But And it's hard, though, too. Like, some people say, well, why don't people just evacuate? And we understand that it's easier said than done. Much because, easier. first of all, you might not know that it's hitting your exact area. You think you're not going to feel as many of the effects. You have to think about elderly people, people who are in the hospital, people who have just had babies. Like, there are many people who can't just evacuate. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to prepare for hours on the road being stuck in yeah. traffic, which yeah. sometimes can feel more dangerous than being in your very own home. It can be dangerous, So we're just kind of, we're learning from being a bit closer to the storm of having empathy for whatever anybody has been through and not having judgment about their situation or their choices made. And it's more just of what can you do and how can you help? What can you do to support? So this is our Florida life update. Next steps for us, we are in this rental house until end of February. 
So we have a few months to find a home <laughs> to purchase and the market's still a bit crazy and especially in this area and we shall see what I do know from the last few years of all this stuff that we've been through is that we're in it together and I'm really, right. I'm really glad to be in it with you. Me too. <laughs> I love you. Thank love you for too. being on this. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Bye, friends. Thank you, Michelle Rado. And remember, everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.